0: I don't want to be like this. I would love to be soft and vulnerable in every encounter, but it's just not safe. For me, in my heart, I am sensitive. I am loving. I am a nurturer, I'm a mother. And I wanna be that way with everybody. I'm a protector, oh my God. But I will literally self destruct if I am that way all the time. These
1: kind of relationships that get disturbed and we don't take the time to know what it is to sing to know how to. Can you post the mic again? What It's something. sing. singing doesn't make it happen, maybe. Welcome to another episode <laughs> of Tune the Four. I have with me, Miss. Shanae Jones, how are you?
0: I am wonderful, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. So before we started recording, there's a lot of nervousness. Yes. Okay. Um, Sometimes I think the best way to address shit is just to get it out, put some light on it, look at it. And it'll go away. So by us doing that, by me doing that right now, I'm putting it out there, we're good. Right? Okay. Oh, here we go. <laughs> All right. So
0: Cause you say it's okay, it's okay. Making
1: right. I make it okay. And you're and you're looking at me like, okay, you do? <laughs> Bet. So we came to know each other through um, a segment I did with Rissy Cat, the yeah. anti-ratchet superhero. <laughs> Shout out to Rissy Cat. Um, I started following you and we started following each other. And one of the things I noticed in, on your page is that you are a creative. I think somewhere in my mind, I gravitate to that kind of energy—people who like to recycle ideas, recycle stuff, and create new things—and and and I saw some video footage, and I saw some clothes, and then I started to look a little bit deeper, and saw um, the word chrysalis.
0: Chrysalis.
1: Chrysalis. Yeah. What is chrysalis?
0: Like, what is it to me? or yes. what is like the actual definition of the word? Both. Uh, so the chrysalis is like the cocoon where a butterfly is born. That is where the caterpillar creates its space to transform into something new. And um, I have vintage clothing brand that is called Chrysalis 76, Um, and I chose that name because I love butterflies. Uh, They have a special meaning to me, and my favorite era is like the 70s and the 60s. So that's where the 76 comes from. But I just want to use my brand and my platform to transform how people think about fashion um, and style and just encourage people to create their own identities and trends around fashion. Um, My brand is a lot of vintage and repurposed items, um, reconstructed items, and my focus is sustainability. Um, Mm -hmm. That's why I just wanna educate people and encourage people to incorporate vintage and secondhand and crafted things and small black businesses into their everyday life, into their wardrobe. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where it comes from.
1: What does fashion mean to you?
0: A lot, probably too much. Um, I use clothing to express myself, to communicate with people without communicating with them or before I get to communicate with them. Um, One day, it's gonna be leggings and a t-shirt. It's very (laughs) comfortable, casual. And then the next day, I have on a whole ass gown and six inch platforms, just whatever I'm feeling, I express it through my clothes. Or even if I'm feeling down, if I put on a really cute outfit, It makes me feel better. I love fashion. Um, I've always loved fashion. Ever since I was a little girl, I was drawing and sketching and making clothes for dolls and my grandmother taught me how to sew. Um, It's just how I express myself. I think I grew up in a space where I wasn't always allowed to say or do the things that I wanted to do, but I was given that space and that creativity when it came came to clothing like I would literally be at my aunt's house and she had scarves and belts mm. and I would they would they would just leave me <laughs> in the room for hours and I would just be upstairs making a prom dress out of scarves Oh wow and, like tying stuff together and that's just that's always been my vibe I love clothes I love fashion I love everything about it
1: so it's interesting because I um I've always been into like design and architecture. Mm -hmm. So like the chair you're sitting in is a chair that I wanted when I was a little boy. I didn't know what the fuck name of the chair was. I didn't know its significance to the design world. I didn't know any of that. I just knew that I wanted that chair and I kept it in my mind. And as I got older, so... I talk through things in that way too, and it's very intentional when I do it. And it's one of the things that I feel like I, I picked up on in you know, like going through your feed, is that you are very intentional with what you're wearing. It's like you're, you're saying something. And one last question before I get that. Do you quilt too?
0: I've made a quilt one time.
1: Do you, okay.
0: I don't quilt. So like, I don't know how to sew really well. I know how to make things that I need to make. I know how to alter things. Okay, I got you. But my friend who is an artist, hi, Bonnie, She's one of the people who like, is constantly like encouraging me and like, pulling things out of me and giving me opportunities to show more of my creative side. Um, And she's an artist and she got commissioned for this project and she had a vision and she reached out to me like, can you make this quilt? Um, And I did it and she loved it. Even though I was like driving myself crazy because I wanted everything to be perfect. Like I don't measure everything i just use my eyes i was never good at math so like that part of sewing is really hard for me so i'm like uh i'm gonna trace this (laughs) sew this together if it's too big i'm gonna cut it
1: (laughs) the same way i don't hang up tvs don't get me to measure a motherfucking thing my, my nails are gonna be off a little bit like all that shit so i get it um so expression is something that's important.
0: Very important to me.
1: Other than fashion, what other ways are you expressing yourself?
0: My existence. Okay. Um, my son, how I cook, how I love, how I decorate in my home, how I dance. All my expression.
1: And you said you never really felt like you were connected to that earlier in that way, or you felt like it was kind of restricted in a way? Yes. Okay.
0: Or it wasn't, it was nurtured to the extent of it being a hobby or a plaything, but like never like a life, like, And I think a lot of people are are discovering, you know, through just evolution um, and tools like social media that you, people who didn't know, people who weren't given the opportunity to create a life in whatever way they wanted to create a life are seeing other people do it, like, shit, hold on, I could make a life doing... Should I like to do? Like I don't have to go and get a business degree. Like I don't have to do that. Like I can make money and be okay on my own. Yeah. So I think that's more of an accurate statement. Um,
1: you um. You did a short film. You I did. produced it. Yes. Did the costume work for it? Or? Yes. Talk about that project.
0: Um, Where do I start? Okay, so. School doesn't teach you a lot of African American history. You don't learn about, All of the great writers and creatives and musicians. It's just, you know, a few. (laughs) Madam C.J. Walker and Mm Langston Hughes, whatever, during Black History Month. Um, And I had an experience that maybe we'll talk about (laughs) that really put like race in my face in a way that I hadn't experienced it before. Mm. And that encouraged me to take, to, to, learn more about myself, learn more about this country. And in that process, I decided to take a class at Prince George's Community College. Cat um, was my teacher. And in her class, I discovered so many amazing mm. things. And one of the things that was a part of her curriculum was a debate between James Baldwin and William Buckley. And I had never, like, really used YouTube in that way. Like, I didn't, like, clearly YouTube is just, like, infinite. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, just listening and watching this, like I said, I love the 60s and the 70s, and I think from my experience, I saw a lot of pictures. But just to be able to watch this video, this debate, and how, like, incredible James Baldwin was, like, to see him, of course, I've read his work, but to see him talk, like, in real time, like, it was powerful, and it left an impression on me, and I've always been, like, active in theaters and doing monologues and things like that, Um, and my aunt asked me to come up with a monologue for her Black History Month program uh, where she worked. Uh, she worked at, like, a senior living facility. So, you know, somebody, I mm-hmm. dance at a funeral, I got to do a performance, whatever. They call me. So she asked me to come up with something, and it was around the time that I was taking that class, and that James Baldwin's response um, really left an impression on me. So when she asked me to do something, I think she expected me to dance again. And I was like, I'm not dancing. I'm going to do a portion of this debate. Um, I did it, it was great. It got recorded, the recording was trash and it, I always just wanted to record that again. I wanted oh, to do okay. that monologue again. And um, my friend from high school, Chris, is a director and I was had this idea, just wouldn't go away and I shared it with him, and he was like, let's let's do that. Like, let's make that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've had ideas, and I've shared them with people, and it's like they couldn't really conceptualize what I was saying. Um, and I sort of needed that affirmation to, like, motivate me to really follow through. I have a big problem <laughs> with, like, following through because oh, I have yeah. so many ideas. Okay. Um. But... He was like, "Let's do that shit." Like I did the monologue in front of him, like a shorter portion of it, and he was like, "Yeah, like I had no idea you had this talent. We need to do this. Like we need to make shit. Like you need to do this shit." And we did it. Um, and I, I just wanted to do something to show not all, but a lot of my talents, and just show people what I am capable of. Um, So, yeah, we got the space, um, recruited my friends and family to be in the audience, worked with editors to insert archival footage, Yeah. and um, it turned out greater than we expected, and I'm very proud of it. I mean, I'm my own... Hardest critic, like I have my own critiques of my performance in it, um, but it turned out great. And as like my first ever thing, I think it's pretty fucking amazing. And I'm very proud of it. I can't wait for everyone to
1: see it. So <laughs> you can get jealous or not, I don't give a shit. I saw it, as you know.
0: <laughs> I didn't I th- know, you didn't tell me.
1: I So I wanted to wait.
0: Okay. I
1: thought it was great. I thought it was really, really good. I, um, one of the things that I thought was very powerful is the fact that you were a woman doing it. And, and, and because the, the, the speech, it wasn't a gender based thing, mm-hmm. but just knowing that a woman and then just you having your short hair and you were channeling in this way and the way that you were moving back and forth and then having the footage you know kind of um put over top in certain areas it was even even the moments when that was happening and the visuals of it it was a very powerful thing and i showed it to a couple of people and they were like huh and i was and, and so yeah it was very
0: what did the huh mean it, i love constructive criticism it, so i it was this up. It, it
1: wasn't <laughs> it wasn't if there was no criticism i think they were i think they were taken aback by how good it was and how good you looked doing it and how well you everything was cuz it was like huh it, it was it was that not like a, oh that could have been better or anything like that it was just that it was I showed two people, very two people particularly, two people whose opinions I um, hold very high. And they both were like, that's their way of saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, like.
1: <laughs> you ever seen a dude, like a, a music dude, and you hear something like.
0: Yeah, that's like, what I was about to reference that meme that I saw. <laughs> that's what it was. Oh, okay. That's what
1: it was. That's good. So, yeah.
0: I'm very, like, you know, the old. Adage, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. So oh. like showing people is like me being butt ass naked, like holding my breath, like what, what's the reaction gonna be? But I've, as I've shared it more and more, I've kind of released that. Yeah. And I'm kind of settling into like having people see it and showing more people, <sighs>
1: but yeah. Have you always expressed yourself easily?
0: and it make me cry. <laughs> um, I would say that's my natural instinct, but I think in my experience and a lot of people with large personalities and a presence, I think for various reasons, people try to make you smaller. So, I've always expressed myself, but I've had experiences that have attempted to and sometimes successfully made me dim my light, be smaller, or, yeah, be small. And I'm big. (laughs) And so I think, over the years, I've worked to get back to the Shanae that I am, that I was as a little girl, and just be okay in that and not give a fuck about what other people think because, like, this is me truly. Um, and that's just why I live how I live because I have, I, I will be miserable. I will literally die inside <laughs> yeah. if I. Don't do these things. So, yeah. I hope I answered your question. Say that again. I hope I answered your question.
1: You did. And um, were these men that were trying to dim your light?
0: No. Men, women, teachers, parents, family, friends. mm mm-hmm. Just people who didn't understand, or people who had their own uh, perceived notions of how a woman is supposed to act, or how a little girl is supposed to act, or how a black woman is supposed to act, or how a a religious person is supposed to act. Uh, Boxes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was something you said earlier, you don't like boxes. How old is your son?
0: My son is 13.
1: Um, when we were talking earlier and I was going through some of the pictures that I was telling you about on, on Instagram Um, I've been having this conversation with women about this concept of, and I don't, and I really want this part of it to be, I guess, like a conversation. Um, So if I'm wilding, nigga, you wilding. Okay. I I have no ego. I just have opinions that can shift and I can let that shit go. So please correct me. Um, (laughs) A part of the way in which you express yourself is through dance. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing that actually So I was looking at all of these dots on. This is how I think, so forgive me if it doesn't translate. I was looking at all of these dots on your feed, and then one of the dots that popped up that made some of the other dots make sense or connect in certain ways was a post that you had made about you being an exotic dancer and I replied and I was like, oh, is this you? Would you mind to come on? And I was like, hold on, that don't look right. Cause mm-hmm. I'm, it looks like I might be, but in our first conversation before you came on today, we had a long, I would say about 45 minutes conversation, just about, what we would talk about, a little bit about you, and a little bit about me. And after that conversation, I started digging a little bit more. And I want to acknowledge that I don't do the best job of seeing women. And it's
0: wonderful that you know that you don't do a good job. Yeah. That's a great place to start.
1: And many of the conversations that I've been having lately, and even the conversation that you and I had remind me of that. And when I think about it, sometimes it I feel real sad on the inside of myself, because I'm not acknowledging like the beauty and the story of whatever that thing is that I'm looking at and just narrowing it down, putting it into a box, Mm -hmm. right? And so a part of what I want to talk about is what it's like from a woman's perspective to have to live in a world now where so many people are trying to put them into a box just because it makes them feel better. And how some of your sexuality and some of your softness and some of your vulnerability can sometimes be misinterpreted for something else when all you guys are women are trying to do is just be your full selves and I don't know if what I'm saying is even making sense but I think I'll just stop there back up from that statement and then just let you pick up where you want to pick up on
0: I want to say I love being a woman. I love everything about it. It is, and especially being a black woman. No one told me how. To be a woman, it was like don't talk about it, don't acknowledge it. I've always had a shape a body, same girl, <laughs> um, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't. I wasn't prepared um, on what would happen in the world with this body, and this face, and this personality, and this skin. I didn't no one told me how to navigate this very unique space. Um, And I've experienced a lot of hurt, a lot of heartbreak, but I've also had like a lot of really positive experiences as a woman. And sometimes it doesn't feel safe. Um, But I do my best to grow myself so that I can protect myself um, from the people who don't see me as a person, who can't recognize my humanity outside of their intentions for me and my body. Um, And I'm learning, like literally working through that every day, like that. I don't have goals of like, I want to drive this kind of car, I need to live in this kind of house, and I need to have this certain thing, and I need to make this amount of money. Like, I just want to be a woman fully and safely, and live in my truth, and impart those same values into my son and everyone that I encounter. I have to be my authentic self. Um, And I'm learning every day what that means and what that means for me. And I just try to share that with the people that I encounter. And I just want to meet other women who are doing the same thing, who are resisting the programming of what it means to be modest, what it means to be respectable what it means to be protected valued who who determines <laughs> who determines those things um Hey, yeah, yeah. I I, I challenge everything. I ask why, Um, and I challenge people's thought processes, especially being an exotic dancer, stripper. I can't be intelligent and be here. If I can't be intelligent and be here, what does that say about you? Because we're in the same space. I can't have a child and still be considered alluring and beautiful and valuable. I can't have stretch marks in this space. I can't like my body the way it is. (laughs) I challenge all of the things that we're being pushed, all the things that are being shoved down our throat through the media and social media and, our interactions, I challenge all that shit. Because if you really, when pe- a lot of times people don't think about the programming. They've just accepted that this is what it is. And when you get to asking people questions like, why is that? Why do you think that way? A lot of people have never even questioned it. It's Just like, that's what it is. Well, you're, you're a hoe because you're a stripper. Who said that? How do you know that? That's actually not true. <laughs> like, who told you that? Why do you believe that? And when you ask these questions and you force people to think, a lot of times it's something they've never done before. And that's what I say when I say, that's what I mean when I say I, I like to challenge people.
1: So... I used to always want a little girl. Why? I don't know. Always, if I ever had a child, I always wanted a daughter. And, like, the older that I'm getting, and the more I'm listening to, like, women talk, as they're talking, I'm always envisioning them as a little girl. And, like, not... um, being like protected or and as a guy who hasn't who's has inflicted pain on women it doesn't feel good to know that that, that I play that role in women's lives and, and to just even hear um, you share the notion why is it your job the challenge you know why does that have to be your piece you know
0: it just is it is for me because if i don't then that means i've accepted it and i'm no different from the people who've inflicted the pain and harm and i've inflicted pain and harm and i have to be accountable for that
1: true so so let me ask you a question. Because this is what I see on the male side.: my
0: Makeup is ruined
1: <laughs> You're right, my makeup is ruined.. <laughs> How do you stay soft?
0: And I don't. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes it gets rough <laughs> when I want it to be nice and easy.
1: <laughs> but, but isn't that, isn't that your, your, isn't, isn't that your normal disposition
0: to be soft? Yes. Yeah, I would love to be soft all the time. And I, like I said earlier, I have to, I had to develop. And I'm still developing my own discernment because I need to know when it's okay to be solved. I want it to be okay all the time. And I think uh, a very popular conversation that's happening right now is the fact that so many women are masculine or aggressive and rough. I don't think most people desire to be rough. It is like a callus that forms on your hands and your feet from constantly having to deal with this friction. It's a protection. I don't want to be like this. I would love to be soft and vulnerable in every encounter, but it's just not safe. For me, in my heart I am sensitive I am loving I am a nurturer I'm a mother and I want to be that way with everybody I'm a protector oh my god but I will literally self-destruct if I am that way all the time I wouldn't have anything for myself so I'm learning that balance and sometimes I fuck up Sometimes I overreact. Sometimes I push people away. Sometimes I hold people close that need to get pushed the fuck away. But it's only something that you learn through practice. And that's what I do every day. I think that so many young girls were not allowed to be little girls. They were sexualized or taken advantage of or neglected for various reasons. And then on top of that, they were blamed for the wrongdoings of others. And so in all of these things you develop, you have to, you develop this armor. And sometimes, you're lucky enough to have experiences with kind and loving people that make it safe to, like, put down the shield and maybe put down the sword <laughs> sometimes. And it gets easier and you feel safer. And that's just, that's where I am. Yeah, yeah I mean... It's crazy. It's like, again, this is why I challenge things and I ask people questions. I had a situation, I know my lash looks crazy. <laughs> I, <laughs> this was a couple years ago. Was I? I might. Black people love to go to mess and nothing in this area. <laughs> they ain't gonna sit. They go still listening to the ladies talk for that free trip. <laughs> <laughs> but we were on a trip to Mass <laughs> That's
1: fucking hilarious.
0: <laughs> and my uncles were here. And we had like some, like, not adjoining rooms, but it was all like in one little cul-de-sac of wherever we were. Timeshare. And my aunt... My great-aunt, my grandmother's sister, youngest sister, told me I'm waking up in my pajamas. And she says to me, "Uh, you need to go put some clothes on because your uncle's about to come over for breakfast. And I'm like... You don't see anything wrong yeah. with that statement. But so many people think in that way.
1: Yeah,
0: And that's I'm just like, wouldn't it be more appropriate <laughs> for me to wear <laughs> whatever the fuck I want? And if he's looking at me in a way that's inappropriate as my... Great uncle, like check him. Yeah. The society always decides or usually decides to check women because men don't want to be checked, they want to do what the fuck they want. And the onus is typically on women to, like I said, be modest. And whatever men do, it's like Well, men can't control themselves. You don't understand testosterone. And and what you need to do is cover up. And you need to change yourself. Because they can't control themselves. I refuse to accept that, because that's bullshit. I do too. So yeah.
1: You have a son. I do and he's growing up in this world. And every single thing you just said about all these other men has the potential to make it to your son. Mm -hmm. How do you resolve that?
0: I address it head on. I What I feel I lacked in my childhood was knowledge. There were conversations that weren't being had. They tried to keep me in the dark about things. Ignorance is not bliss. It's harmful. (laughs) It's harmful. And I strongly... (laughs) Probably because my grandfather had me listen to WTOP. But knowledge is power.
1: With Diane Rain, yes,
0: this is all of it.
1: She's four. What's salt and pepper? Uh. Like, no, nah, we gonna listen to Diane Rain.
0: <laughs> but my grandfather always had me listen to talk radio, and I believe that knowledge is power. And so, I want to give my son balance. I cannot control what he digests, the peer pressure, what he learns from his ignorant ass friends and their ignorant ass families, and I'm ignorant in some aspects as well. But what I can control is what I share with him and give him context to the things that he's learning and seeing. Like when, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to get exposed. Sir. But you know, when he was younger, these kids got iPads and tablets and everything else. He saw pornography. He's, he was probably like 10 at that time. And I made it um, my business to let him know that that's not real. Mm -hmm. I educated him on how pornography is harmful to him and how he views women and is actually harmful to women as well. And that's the only way I know how to... I can't control it, but I can add some context and balance to it, to all the things he's getting, because he's getting a lot.
1: Yeah. And while
0: he's getting all of this, I'm giving him this. And hopefully he can discern somewhere what's real. Um, And maybe he won't become a fuckboy. I don't know. But I have no control over that. And that's another thing that I've had to understand um, through being a parent is that you have no control over the outcome. And you got to be OK with that. And all I have control over is what I do and what I share with him. And he's going to turn out to be whoever he is. But I just want to create a space for him to be that. Roots and wings. This is home. You can go and do and be whoever you want. But that you always have a sp- safe space here. Um, but that's just what I do, and I know my. I get on my son's nerves. Yeah, I annoy the fuck out of him. But I feel like that's my job. I'm always talking to him. I'm always having the uncomfortable conversations where I'm like, I'm sure he's like, oh my god, my mother. But I want him to feel that way. I want you to have a wealth of knowledge. I tell him everything, everything I could think of. Everything is a teaching moment, teachable moment, and I, that's. That's, that's all I could really do.
1: What did you tell him about your dancing? Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Mommy's going to work. I'm going to work. He hasn't really asked me. But when I do discuss it, um, I show him the various other forms of creativity that I have expressed. Like, you know, I'm I'm acting. This is a role. It's my job. I'm entertainer. And I told him, like I told many other people, It's not what you think. (laughs) Like, it is not a dark, seedy place where people are (laughs) just having orgies and doing drugs. Like, I work in a nightclub. That's it. He hasn't really asked a lot of questions. I think he sees the difference in how I live and how his other parent lives, and he likes it over here. And that's just how I make my money. Um, He's getting older, so (laughs) I'm sure there will be um, more questions. Um, But that's why I am putting a lot more of my energy into my other creative endeavors, so I can transition out of that. Um,
1: so the plan is to exit that piece.
0: oh, yeah, that part. I'm gonna dance forever till I'm dead in my grave. I love dancing.
1: I uh <laughs> can tell no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um here's where I think I might be where there's a disconnect on my side, okay. I'm asking for help.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> if it is only what you're describing it, at, describing it as today, why would you want to exit it? Did he, is it costing you anything from a spiritual standpoint to, 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 to dance uh, in that way?
0: I mean, I grapple with that concept because who the fuck said you need to stop when you turn 30? Who made that rule? I know who made it. That was a, true dude. Question. a man. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not about your body looking different. It's not about being old. It's about your mind. It's about the fact that men and women hate it when women have control over their bodies and use their bodies (laughs) to get power we all know that beauty and bodies and aesthetics are important in the world but then (laughs) we get mad at people who capitalize off that shit. yeah
1: it's crazy and then
0: if you cap then it's like all right bitch (laughs) you got three years to capitalize on it then that's enough then you got to be miserable with the rest of us, okay? (laughs) But when you have a long-lasting career and you created and maintained a lifestyle that a lot of people don't ever get to, there is a lot of resentment. Mm -hmm. And like I stated earlier, a lot of resentment gets handed to women because we live in a patriarchal society, but... I, for me, first of all, your feet hurt. Your knees hurt. It's just inevitable that it is taxing on your body. I do want to live a version of a normal life. Um, And I realize that it's going to be, unless I have a partner who works nights and has, like, you know, a... similar lifestyle to mine, that it's going to be hard to maintain a relationship because a partner is going to want to be sleeping with you at night. Not you coming in at 3 a.m., four hours before he got to wake up. And it just, it, it may work, but for most people that just won't work. Like, it just logistically will not work. So... And don't I love, I love dancing. And the, then the idea is like everybody is supposed to be dancing with an exit plan in mind. Mm. Like you're not supposed to like being a dancer. You're supposed to be down and out.
1: <laughs> Putting your <laughs> way through to, college. <laughs> yes. Some players club type, type shit. Like
0: no, I'm in this motherfucker. I like dancing. I like.
1: What do you like about it? Oh, so. God. <laughs> I've been to strip clubs here, a few here, or there. I used okay. to be, I used to be in them heavy. Okay. I haven't been to I'm a strip club. I'm
0: about
1: you. Huh? A- <laughs> it's been a long time. you know
0: this you're not nigga. <laughs> <laughs> it's been
1: a long time. But I, I, I definitely, I definitely, I definitely tricked off some cash and filled 'em joint. I gotta you admit. I gotta admit that. I gotta admit that. And I was, and I was, so I was the dude who would just pick once. So I would sit back and look. I'd be like, okay, I like her, so I'm about to focus on her. Mm-hmm. That was my mo. So anyway,
0: You said, I can take you away from all this. <laughs> you was that guy?
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, my shit wasn't that you don't bad. Have to be. Like, you don't have to be Why are you doing this? <laughs> I'm talking about focusing my energy and, and money. Okay. So I wouldn't tip a bunch of women. Uh-huh. I would just find one woman that I was interested in and just and then just tip her. Not to, not to save her, but.
0: Got but it. anyway,
1: <laughs> probably too much information. But <laughs> damn, where was I going?
0: I don't know. You said you've been to. Oh, you so oh so yeah, 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 what yeah. I like about it.
1: Do you like the the? Is it just the dancing piece of it? I feel like the dudes are too motherfucking creep. That's not the piece of. I'm answering a question that I'm <laughs> asking. What do you like most about dancing?
0: Uh, naturally the money, um, and the freedom. I am a free spirit. I had a baby before I had a real job. And so when I started working, I started working with this huge responsibility, and I was doing like administrative work, and I was miserable. I'm not a morning person. I wake up in the morning. I don't want to be talking to people in the morning. So the whole corporate America, that thing, all of that, I hated it from the dress. I hated all of it, and I was just miserable. Um. Let me backtrack. My friend took me to a strip club when I was in college. I was very green. I was very sheltered. I didn't know. What I knew about strip clubs was like what I saw on Real Sex on HBO. And they really weren't showing a lot, but what I saw was pretty clothes, jewelry, beautiful women. I loved it. And I always had danced like my whole life. So it was just like a performance. Um, And like I stated earlier, I was supported in that as a hobby. And then when it was time to go to college and everything, it was like, okay, enough of that. You need to focus on your studies. And I just wasn't happy doing that. My friend took me to a strip club before I had my son. I danced maybe four or five times. And guilt and shame and respectability Politics and all that shit and all the things that I'm supposed to be as a woman and no man is gonna love me or respect me If I'm a dancer, let me stop this now if my family finds out All all that internal dialogue happened and I stopped and I got a boyfriend And I got pregnant and I had a baby and that shit ended and I was trying to work and I had money to survive but I didn't have any disposable income to actually have fun and enjoy my time with my son and so I'm like this shit ain't working like this this is I hate this for me (laughs) so yeah one of my friends um wanted me to audition with her and we went out to Baltimore I auditioned with her we both got hired and I was like, yeah, they called us in. Said we needed some we need dancers for this happy hour shift. Whoever can come, please come. And I went and I made $700, which is what I was making in a week at that time, in one night. And I was like, "Oh yeah. <laughs> this is the life for me." And they had oysters in there for free so you like oysters (laughs) i do okay but just i love free food i think everyone loves free food but to answer your question i love the freedom the financial freedom and just the overall freedom that i experience being a dancer i love performing i actually i think when people the number one comment that i get that's probably number two the first one is like Your ass is so soft. But the second most common uh, compliment that I get in that space is that, like, oh, you're actually a dancer. Like, you're not just grinding. Like, you actually are a dancer. And that's what I love about it. It's activating my sacral chakra. I love it. I love owning my body. And... The other thing that I love is that it allows me to safely, because we got security, you don't know my number, you don't know my name, you don't know where I live, I may never see you again. It allows me to safely receive that attention from men in a safe space because doing that like out in the world is not always safe. And so I I get fed. My ego, I have one, gets fed in that space. I'm around beautiful women. I get to have fun for a living. And it's very hard to, like, go away from that. But I love it. You have to. There's so many different, like, clubs. And you have everything from, like, really low end, really have women that are on drugs, and men that are on drugs, pimps and all that other shit, you have spaces like that, and then you have clubs where I work. Shout out to Assets, <laughs> um, where it's not that; it's an elevated experience. Everybody is on top of their game, from the hair to the makeup to the body to the shoes to the nails to the toes. My club is owned by a black woman. I love that.
1: Mm. Like, is that a different experience with a with a black woman running yes the you joint? Yes, Okay.
0: Because as even still her condition has been conditioned. <laughs> so
1: I got you. I got you. I yeah. got Yeah. I got you.
0: So it's better it's not perfect, but there's definitely a difference. There are certain things that I there's certain things that I've dealt with in male run clubs that I don't ever have to deal with in that space. So
1: do you think the social cost with dancing is is fair?
0: Yes and no. I spent a lot of time trying to prove myself or prove my worth to people who were determined to view me as worthless because of how I made my money. And then I started to understand that that's not just about me. That's not just about dancing. Yeah. That's not my issue. That's their issue. Because if you fail to see the humanity in me You fail to see the humanity in a plethora of beautiful people in this world. And so, whatever the social cost is, people who fuck with me are gonna fuck with me regardless. And if you don't wanna deal with me because I'm a dancer, that's literally your loss. Um, And I can't try to like convince people of my value outside of that, like, oh well.
1: Do dudes, uh, is it hard to get, is it hard to stay in relationships with dudes?
0: Well, I think my situation is a little different because I grew up in a single parent home. And so being in a relationship was never like my goal or focus. I'm a chronic loner. I'm very okay with being by myself. I was never boy crazy. I was never longing for, like, relationships. I really like being by myself. Um,
1: but you didn't answer the question. It's
0: right? not hard. I, I don't know. I don't think, like, the dancing is the thing that makes it hard to maintain a relationship. Like
1: For like, you, for, the, for, for the dude, you ain't never heard a dude, a dude ain't never came to you and be like, yo, I'm really feeling you, but I can't deal with this other shit over here. A dude ain't done that.
0: Yeah, but once you got really, in, once I got into who that person really was, I didn't really want to be with them anyway. Okay. So like, is it the dancing or are we just, we just not compatible? Like, it's.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Cause it, you weren't, you weren't feeling, it ain't like, it ain't like you, it ain't like you had a, a, a prize and I, I see what you mean.
0: It's just like, okay.
1: So you ain't in the, you're not, you're not, you're a loner. Mm -hmm. That's what you said? A loner? Yes. Okay. You said it like, um, you okay? Yes. (laughs) All right. Um, That's interesting. So you said you, when's the last time you've been in a relationship? Last year. Oh, okay. So it ain't like you ain't, you're, you're it's not like you're allergic to relationships. No,
0: I'm not allergic to relationships. I think that because of my past experiences with, like, love and vulnerability, that I have, the majority of my relationships have definitely been transactional. And... Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> I was there for the benefits. I wasn't there for love and like.
1: So when you're saying benefits, you just mean like dick?
0: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> I, I'm saying, I don't I know. You mean like. Money? Money. Okay, okay. Not okay. The dick. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm asking. I did. It, I would
0: even barely like it. I don't know. See? <laughs> so
1: Okay, that's a that's a whole nother. It
0: is. It is. Okay. Um. Huh. So yeah. So benefits. Yeah, I think just my situationships, relationships. I've had. I've. I am famous for like having these whirlwind romance is where I meet someone, everything is amazing, we're going on trips, we're spending money, you wanna be my girlfriend, sure, why not? Where are we going next? Are you gonna pay my rent? That was like relationship for me because that was safe because I didn't have to be vulnerable. I wasn't fully invested. My last relationship was actually like someone who I cared about, was attracted to, and wanted to have a future with, But I also had to realize that I, it was still transactional because I was like, oh, this validates me. He still wants to be with me even though I am a dancer. He's going against his friend in society to choose me. This is validating for me. And good job, already owns a house, square, this helps me. He can be a role model for my son. It was still transactional. Even though I thought it wasn't. And I had to be like, no, Sinead, you got to be real. Like, you don't want to be with this man. So so
1: you really didn't want to be with him. It was just the surface stuff.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was like, my family will like him. I can... More easily transition out of it took the responsibility away from me. I was escaping. I was trying to escape the work of like really feeding and putting energy into all of my creative talents and using that to make a living for myself, and then like finding a partner along the way. Maybe uh, I was. <laughs> I was trying to take the easy way out. Like, oh, I could just align myself with this man. And I am just moving to his house. And then I don't have to learn how to buy a house. <laughs> like, I don't have to face that process. I don't have to face that responsibility. I can just.
1: And this is the dude from last year? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> have you ever been in a relationship where you felt vulnerable? Mm-hmm. it been a long time ago or? Yeah,
0: about. I had a baby with him.
1: That's the last one. Yeah. 13 years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't end right when my son was born, but my we bad. did a little, you know, a back and forth. But that is probably the last relationship where I was really vulnerable. I think I tend to unknowingly deal with emotionally unavailable people because I can be emotionally unavailable a lot.
1: So, what would you? What do you think you would do if you met an emotionally available dude now?
0: My mind said, "Bust it wide open." But what I would do is, I would, be, I would feel safe to be vulnerable.
1: You wouldn't run. You wouldn't fuck it up.
0: I mean, who's to say? I don't
1: know. <laughs> I mean, Because I'm just, I was trying to think about the dude from last year. He seemed. Was he? Was he emotionally? available? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. He was just throwing money and shit.
0: No. Okay, so it wasn't that type of transactional with him. Um, but it wasn't wholly based in like love okay. and like building a future and things like that. Uh, so uh, would I run? I don't think I would run. I don't know what my I don't think I would run. I think I would Take it very slowly. And another issue with me is that I need to learn how to date. I am in the process of learning how to date and really, really getting to know people before I take steps towards sex and intimacy, before I commit to being in a relationship, yeah, I like I said, I'm a loner, so I can spend significant amounts of time by myself. And then when I'm when I'm wanting companionship, and I meet someone, I'll be like, Oh, okay, you fit the bill. You're my type. You're attracted to me. I'm attracted to you. You saying the things that I that I want to hear. We are gonna do this without really physically. Like- you
1: talking about sex?
0: No, I'm oh, talking about, about my- relationships.
1: But but you're saying. That's a transaction. What am I? Not I'm trying to I'm trying to separate the word transaction from relationship.
0: I mean, everyone that you encounter you're developing a ver- a form a, a, a type of relationship with them. Okay. So what I'm saying is I need to learn how to date and weigh my options.
1: As your date. Make
0: an informed decision based on multiple candidates. I oh. don't do that. Okay. I haven't done that. I have not dated anyone and I will see someone. It's very rare that I'm like physically attracted to someone. Like stop you in my stop me in my tracks. Like I have to like pursue that shit. So that's what happened with my son's father. I saw him on campus. I was like, I who I need to go meet him. I'm going to figure this out. Um, (laughs) And that's what I did. I was oblivious to all of the flags. (laughs) I wasn't asking the right questions. I just had this idea in my mind of what I wanted this to be. And I ignored everything else. Gotcha. I cannot do that. (laughs) That is dangerous. Um, So, yeah.
1: You said something about sex, and that was a whole nother thing about dick. Okay. Are you not that into sex? Until you're into it? Because
0: um, you,
1: you, you mentioned the... Uh,
0: I... I think sex for me has been very performative, and how I learned about sex in my youth was literally a performance. Um. Hmm. so and this is something I very rarely discussed but child so when I was young I lived with my grandparents my mother had me when she was 16 so we lived in the family house for a long time and we lived in a cul-de-sac and the people like They had the most money. They always had the latest gadgets. They had a bigger yard. They had a tent in the backyard, all this stuff. All the kids gravitated towards their house. And for whatever reason, they used to, you know, everybody playing house and everything else, but they would ask me and other people to, like, basically reenact, like, sex acts. Which day? The daughter of people. And so I was basically trying to get, and I I admired these girls. I thought they were beautiful. They had all this stuff. And so I'm doing whatever they tell me to do. Mm. Pretend to do this. You You know what I'm saying? It was a performance, and I was doing things for their approval. Not like, I wasn't performing like oral sex and stuff. Just like pretending to do things and kissing and under someone else's direction. Gotcha. And I didn't, like I didn't even have an orgasm, like a full orgasm until after I had my son. I lost my virginity when I was a senior in high school. Mm. Um, I was raised in a church. Thought I was going to wait until I got married. That's not what happened. But I didn't know the pleasure that I was supposed to receive. My pleasure came from satisfying or making other people happy, like literally being a people pleaser. So now, as I learn more about my body and about sex, it has a whole different meaning for me. It's not just an act. It's not performative. I really want to have a connection with someone who is interested in my pleasure as well because I already know that I can make you come. Can we be intimate together? Can we share space with each other without penetration? Hmm. Are you going to be okay with the fact that I might not want to have sex on certain nights and not go and do it with someone else just so that you can get your nut off? Those are conversations that a lot of people are not having.
1: That you have.
0: That I'm, sh- that I'm learning that I need to have because I have enjoyed sex. Sex is cool, but what I don't like is.
1: Hmm.
0: So what I will say is, I didn't know that I didn't grow up around a lot of men. I didn't know that some men will lie, say they want to be in a relationship, pretend to actually like you, and they're only intention is to have sex with you. I didn't know that. So when I was younger and Mm. people were giving me attention, I thought it was leading to a relationship. Or I thought that they cared about me or even liked me. Like, I'm just now understanding, like, that's not the case at all. Like, I had a on-again, off-again sexual relationship with someone who literally didn't give a fuck about my well-being. And from... Those types of experiences, I realized I can't engage with sex in that way. That's not safe for me. I feel too much. Yeah. That's not for me. The casualness that has been normalized by a lot of people in this generation is just not okay for me. It's not safe for me at this time. I don't know if I ever want that to be okay for me. Yeah. I like to have deep, Intimate connections with people. You know? <laughs> we all have our, our our moments where it's like, I just want to get fucked, or I just want to have sex right now, and I'm gonna be okay if I don't talk to this person again. But for the most part, that's not okay for me. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't feel that doesn't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> that's not good for me. Um, yeah. I
1: appreciate you sharing that.
0: And I want to learn, like, I think that the thing that I don't like about casual sex is that you don't really get good at stuff (laughs) when you're just hopping from one person to the next to the next. Like, I really want to learn somebody that that's my desire. Like people just be out here fucking. They don't even be good at it, mm. and they're just doing the same thing with different people, just trying to get that feeling. I don't want that. I I, I just I I need it to be intense. I need it to be intense. but well, that's it. I that's all.
1: I'm trying to process.
0: <laughs> yeah. What okay. do you I mean, what do you think about that? Because that's the part of the that is part of why I don't deal with my ex anymore. Because I started to learn that sex was just sex to him. And I had to remove myself from that situation. You know, it's familiar. We didn't talk for some months. I was still holding on to that fantasy of, like, what this could be. And I tried to go back to that space, and I just had to be, I literally had sex with him and then blocked him because I'm just like, I can't I, I can't engage with this person in this way. It's just not healthy for me.
1: I have these, um, I have carnal desires, for sure. Like, Mm -hmm. and some of them are kind of out there a little bit. Okay, I don't know. They, they, and a lot of my sexual prowess, so to speak was about variety
0: Mm. for
1: a while. And a lot of that was because I wasn't able to be vulnerable in a specific way. I struggled with intimacy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't understand that until recently that there's a difference between intimacy and sex. And so and I didn't understand how I was using sex to avoid intimacy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're kind of, I'm still working through the intimacy part because it's just so vulnerable to me in a lot of ways. Um, and I still struggle with this. I'm still processing the idea of like not being enough or having somebody judge me and not mm-hmm. acknowledge a part of me that I'm trying to hide. And so the intimacy part for me, intimacy is just about opening up a pathway to just share energy. Mm-hmm. Um, the physical piece is the easiest part. Um, but that is the piece that I struggle with in the past. Um, and, and, and and the physical piece is also something that when I'm trying to process the physical, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, when I'm trying to process the intimacy piece, the physical is starting. it can be, can be a struggle sometimes because I'm trying to, I used to separate them. So I would have like women that I would use, Mm -hmm. like, and that would be like our relationship, like. I would care about them, I would appreciate them, I'd be connected to them in the degree that I could be connected to them. But I'd also have, at the end of the day or at the end of the night or whatever, I'd have to leave and go do something else. So I would enter into that space and give what I was capable of giving as long as I was getting what I wanted at that particular moment. Mm -hmm. And there'd be an agreement agreement, um, in that way, but like to, to actually put all of that shit to the side and be like, no, I'm gonna be with one woman. I'm gonna focus on connecting with her in the most intimate way possible, and then have you know sexual interaction and all of that on top of it too um, is a different exercise for me.
0: Yeah. So that's what, that's what I meant when I said like the relationships were transactional. Yeah. It's not about money exchanging hands. It's about I'm using you for this purpose. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not experiencing you as a whole person, and you're not experiencing me as a whole person.
1: And you that's what I, care I cared about I really the most. Am. Yeah. What's the what's your when you just said that? What's your first feeling about? doing that with somebody now?
0: Doing what? Like having a- Sharing
1: your full self with another person.
0: I'm excited to be able to do that. And it takes a lot of, like people always say like, you're so fearless. I am not fucking fearless. I am full of fears. And one of my fears is being rejected being vulnerable, being discarded by someone who I really want to keep me. I may have abandonment issues. I don't talk to my therapist about it. But that is one of the things that I know I am avoiding when I choose to have relationships with people who I don't really want to be with. So... When I think about the possibility of having a truly, deeply intimate, connected relationship with someone, that is what I desire. I can't waste any more time settling for something that's not that because I know that is, I don't know because I haven't fully had that experience, but I feel like that is, the type of relationship that I need to be satiated Mm. Um, and anything else is not enough. I don't want to settle because what I think a lot of people forget is that while you think you're wasting this girl's time or this woman's time or this man's time, you're also wasting your own. And you're also blocking yourself from actually meeting the person or a person or a people who will actually give you what you're seeking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because you're just having this placeholder occupy your time and your space for years at a time. And you're doing your own self a disservice. And that's, that is literally what I said to my ex, like, come on, bro. Like, let's be real. You don't really want to be with me. I don't really want to be with you. Let's stop doing this so you can find a person that is right for you and so that I can find the person that's right for me. Because even when people are still having sex, and this is just my view, It works for some people, I guess. It just don't work for me. But while you're trying to sleep with someone else and start a relationship with this person, you're not being fully present. You're not present. It takes a lot to really learn someone. And I don't really believe that you can do that when your energy is spread all over the Western Hemisphere or wherever it's at. Like, you can't fully experience someone when you got a little bit going on over here, and you fucking this person over here, and you still in connection with you know your ex from college, and,
1: and you really can't fully experience yourself. No, I didn't get. I was telling um, somebody I didn't understand how much I was hiding behind pussy.
0: Cause men, men are told. That that's the measure of value as a man. That's what makes you a man. <laughs> How much pussy? You're not getting no pussy. Like, you're you was not that nigga. That nigga is getting bitches. You need to be like that guy. <laughs> like, that shit is crazy. It
1: is. And I don't think um we as men understand what the cost is for us, and the damage. And I'm not, and and I'm trying to live a life, I guess now, where I can kind of just demonstrate that through my decisions, through my choices, Um, and then just share. Because it's not a, all of the pain and hurt that I feel like I caused, someone else like the reality is I was a fucking wreck and you just you just don't get it the dudes just don't get it and I don't know if they ever will not all of them but some of them will and I think more men who um, tell their story in that way that can talk honestly about what that path led to And how you and how you can end up at the end, you know, trying to put some pieces together and and try to move forward in a more more healthy, full way. Um, not to necessarily make a different decision. What fucks me up is I didn't even hear niggas talk about it. I literally was just like head down, this is what it is, none of my homeboys. Everybody was drinking the same fucking batch of Kool-Aid. So, there was no, there was no, uh, what's it called, fucking angel on your shoulder. Everybody just doing fuck shit. Mm -hmm. So, now, at least (laughs) there's a voice. You can't force nobody to do it. Hey, yo, man, like, you cool? You sure you want to do that? Like, at least there's that. We, my crew was just fucking full steam ahead on some fuck shit. But, how do you feel? I feel good. I feel good all over you and I. I'm sorry, you know that song? I do. Okay, good. (laughs) You didn't jump in, so I was like, she must be too young. Um, What?
0: like do you feel like you've been done a disservice do you feel like you've been done a disservice because you didn't know like that there were other options or nah. you was enjoying the fucking
1: no i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't it, it it's like when you go and you eat something that you know you're gonna get sick from but you still eat it anyway you ever eat food like that like oh I know i'm gonna get sick if i eat that burger but you eat it that, that ain't true so
0: I'm allergic to mangoes and I've eaten some. When it's
1: all <laughs> when it's all you know that's your baseline. Mm. So I didn't know that was the dance. I didn't mm. know what was connected to it because I de- I didn't look deeply enough to see what the shit was connected to. Once I start pulling this string, mm. I realize what else it's all connected to. When you just like, you put your head down, you just got all these societal reinforcements that say go get some ass," or go do this or go play this game or go play this role, whatever the fuck it is. But I don't feel like I was necessarily, because the reality is I'm trying to, I'm owning the role that was assigned to me and the responsibility of adjusting that role. And everybody has that story. Everybody's got to say, Okay, this is the role that was assigned to me. Now what do I do with it? And I don't know what it's like being a woman, so there's no fucking way I can say that being a dude is easier or harder. I just know that I'm charged with the same motherfucking thing. What this man shit's supposed to look like and be like and feel like. I got to challenge that with love to the degree that I can and make sure that I'm not overcorrecting in a way that actually causes more harm than I would've done, than, than, than just keeping it. I don't wanna be on this all like, you know, fuck women shit, like no, they got their own thing that they need to deal with. And that's one of the reasons why, like when you came on, I know some of my thoughts are fucked up about some of these things. The only way they're going to get better is by acknowledging them. By at least saying, okay, I got this fault, I got this feeling. Because I'm giving somebody the opportunity to check me on that shit, I know, I know I'm missing something. I just need somebody to care enough mm. to share their perspective and give me an opportunity to see you know, what I'm missing. And that's the feeling that I honestly got when I was looking at your shit earlier. I was like, there's, just, there's so much more to this woman. I got a feeling of happiness. I got a feeling of play. I got a feeling of like giddy and what was the other feeling? I got all of these positive feelings of just a human being wanting to live and be and, and have that expressed in whatever way they choose to without all of this bullshit. She just so happens to have a fat ass, by the way. Sorry. Wow. (laughs) But that's... That's what it is. You can't look... We don't look past the fat ass, which is the simple shit. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to...
0: No, you're good. I mean, (laughs) this is... Like, I even have to deal with the fact that I became a dancer because so many people made assumptions about me because of how my body is shaped that I'm like, well, I am tired of having this argument. Let me just go use this to my advantage. Like, I feel like I was pressured and into, in a way, into this, avenue because of my fat ass like people were making this assumption anyway like who like everybody has a body like i don't i don't get it like that's what i'm saying like i'm not it's very rare that i'm like really physically attracted to someone but i understand like with men like men are just like curious like you said that variety i want to see what that's like i want to see what this like like
1: but that Ow, but you don't have I to did. succumb to it. Like you can You don't. You everyone has a first thought. But there's a second motherfucking thought. There's a third mm. thought. There are all of these there's subsequent thoughts that can that you can use to shift your behavior. It doesn't always have to be the first one. I think it's important to at least acknowledge the first thought because that kind of shows you what some of the programming is. It's mm-hmm. like when, if I close my eyes right now, and I thought of a, I thought of a thug. The image that comes to mind is not a white man in a, it's not a white banker in a five thousand dollar suit, ketan suit or some shit. That, that's not the first thing that comes to my mind. It's mm-hmm. a young black boy. I'm black. That's programming. That don't mean I gotta play that shit out, but at least acknowledging it gives me an opportunity to shift the programming at some point down the path, just because I see, and that's where um, I think sometimes men are missing, and the same with women. Everybody's, Everybody's missing. Everybody's failing to see what's there, and in a world where so much of our gaze and assessment is superficial, we miss it.
0: And that is something, again, that I challenge. To your point about the thug, I remember my son, we were at a park, and he had his bike, a new bike, and he put his bike down, and then he was like, well, let me move my bike because I saw some... I forgot what he said. But basically... He assumed that these young black boys who looked like him, but a little bit older, might steal his bike. And I'm like, What makes you think that? Mm-hmm. Well, they look like this. And da-da-da. I said, And do you understand that that judgment that you made is the same judgment that may be made about you? Are you a thief? No. Don't assume that they are. Yeah. Because they look just like you. And it's not true.
1: And in somebody else's eyes, he's them.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So, that's what I'm... I didn't get this in my performance piece, but... That is one of the things that James Baldwin talks about during this debate, is that what white people fail to see in black people is the same thing that they fail to see in French people, in African people, in Indian people. You miss the very essence of being a human being. You're so surface level that you can't even appreciate the beauty that is the human experience because you're so worried about these things that don't even matter. We miss so much. We miss genuine, beautiful people. Beautiful experiences because we're so worried about what it looked like. What what it's driving. What it got on. The ass. So a lot of issues with fat asses. Fake and otherwise. Means nothing. What's going on in here? What's going on in here? You never can get to that. Because you're so worried about this and now i'm being i'm beginning to be able to see when that's happening to me mm. all of the assumptions i don't like to make assumptions tell me about yourself who are you i don't i'm not about to look at your watch and your shoes and your car and make an assessment about your value and how i should try to interact with you because I need to know about your character. Mm. I need to know about your heart. I need to know how you were raised. I need to know who you love. What are you reading? (laughs) What the fuck do you like to do? (laughs) Do you have a hobby? What are you passionate about? These are questions that a lot of people don't even ever ask. They trying to fuck. They trying to (laughs) do whatever. They trying to get a... They trying to network, they trying to get some money out of this, it's, it's crazy. Anyway, I just want to have deeper connections.
1: <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned, this is a start from my perspective. Um, I never know where things go. I never know what tomorrow is after today. Um, I just know that I'm grateful that you shared your time and your energy and you have been in your way your whole life and the opportunity for me to have you on here gave me a chance to go look and see you in a way that I wouldn't have had an opportunity to without. And I hope that people who watch this and listen to you can see what I saw and can look past the surface things because I feel like you are a. A little girl just trying to be soft. And I appreciate that. I appreciate you.